0: The
1: one who knocks. Uh, uh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam.
0: Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Okay? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Who is your girlfriend? Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog,
1: especially not some. Shoot up, egg-sucking gutter trash. Hello, and welcome to My First Time, the podcast that debates, disputes, and discusses pop culture classics. Each episode, someone on our panel takes on the role of the first-timer, the person who is correcting a gap in their pop culture resume. Will they see what the fuss is, or just be left wondering what the hell was that? My name is Dan, and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello! Aiden Catchphrase. And this week we are stopping to smell the intergalactic roses of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Aiden, yes. something that you put forward to our group oh, when we yeah. decided that we would put forward things that we love, see what, you know, one of us at least hadn't seen, and then watch things that would be the first time for some of us and a passionate go-to for another oh yeah so this was your sort of passion film yeah i i love this movie i've probably actually you know i probably haven't seen it
2: a crazy amount of times i would say four or five times all up in my life so it's a respectable number but i've always liked it um and even approaching watching the movie again just for the podcast. I was very nervous that I had built it up in my head to be something greater than I thought it was. I would say 15 minutes in, I was like, what was I worried about? This is a great
0: movie.
1: And I'm sure that's an opinion shared by our uh, man behind the panel, Aiden.
0: Well, some things that Aiden said actually ring true for me as well. I was really trying not to build it up too much in my head either. (laughs) And then fifteen minutes in, I was like, "No, no, no! You built it up to the exact amount it should be. Zero. (laughs) That
1: was the most boring piece Uh, of rubbish." Okay, now look, now okay, now hold hold, on, hold, hang on, hang on, on before you two just descend (laughs) into uh, (laughs) some sort of—I was going to say fisticuffs—but look at the two of you (laughs) to be some sort of weak, wet sponge slapping. (laughs) Hey, Uh, let's for the for the person at home who like Aiden, and who like myself uh, was watching this for the first time. Oh, let's just stop right now and give them a little bit of a summary.
0: But look, before you get into the summary, the thing you said at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Can you just recap the, the opener that you say at the beginning of every episode, um, correcting, just around that correcting a uh, part. A just gap there.
1: in their pop culture yeah. what was it? Say that again. Say that again. Pop culture?
0: Right, right. So that's popular culture. Yes, that yeah. is right. Right, right. So... I don't know whether we should be doing this podcast. I feel like we should be walking out of here now because is this film popular in any way? It
2: is, and I will explain why. I just, and I can do it right now. I just feel Stop.
0: Like, I feel like we should be done. That's right, it. Come on. Catch us next week. You're derailing we, 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 us, you we, two. We, we'll be back with a real behave podcast. Behave yourself. <laughs>
1: Cosmic Spunk has come to t- take us... <laughs> what? <laughs> I laughed at <laughs> <laughs> No, go on. No, 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 you're no, not no. wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, let's try again. Cosmic Spunk has come to take over humanity in 1978's sci-fi horror classic Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes, that's right, an expulsion of blobby viscous materials from some distant planet rides the solar winds of the universe until it descends upon San Francisco, whereupon it forms itself into some sort of parasitic flower. Not a gross parasite flower, mind you, but the sort of beautiful flowering plant that people want to take back into their homes. And that's where we get the first sense that something is not right. Elizabeth Driscoll, a young laboratory scientist, takes a flower back to her apartment that she shares with her somewhat oafish boyfriend Jeffrey. But the next morning, Jeffrey is aloof and emotionless, brushing her aside and scurrying off to empty the trash can into a passing garbage truck. Elizabeth is convinced that something strange, possibly sinister, has happened to Jeffrey and shares her concerns with her colleague, Matthew Bennell, a city health inspector played by Donald Sutherland. Uh, at first, Matthew is kind, but... Dismissive, suggesting she visit his psychiatrist friend, Dr Kibner, played by Leonard Nimoy, a.k.a. Spock. But as the strange occurrences pile up, such as a man running down the street warning people that they're here and a Chinese laundromat operator uh, confiding in Matthew that his wife is no longer herself... Matthew starts to come around And long story short But eventually we're introduced to another couple Friends of Matthew, Jack and Nancy Who encounter a spawning version of Jack At their spa business And finally, Elizabeth, Matthew, Jack, Nancy and Dr Kibner Are united in understanding That these insidious plants Are spawning people in giant gherkin-like pods While the people sleep And then replacing those real sleeping humans With the spawned pod people Got that? From there, the film enters a long phase of noose tightening as the pod people of San Francisco clamour to capture our quintet of heroes and spawn and replace them. It becomes apparent that the zombie-like pod people control most of the city and the only way to camouflage is to completely suppress your emotions and thus appear to be one of the poddies. Failure to do so results in the pod people screeching like a stuck pig to alert others to the presence of a human. In a city full of horrors, though, suppressing your emotions is harder than it might seem, and eventually only Health Inspector Matthew and Nancy survive, appearing to have learned to suppress their feelings and stay hidden. That is, of course, until the final twist. Nancy, now separated from Matthew for some time, sees him in a quiet parkland, and delighted to have encountered her friend approaches, but, unfortunately for her, Matthew turns, sees her delighted face, and gives a blood-curdling shriek, so as to alert the other pods that a human is in their midst. Invasion of the Body Snatchers was a reasonable critical and box office success upon release. It is a remake of the 1956 original and it has since been called by many critics the greatest remake of all time and seen as a somewhat classic of the sci-horror genre. But of course, critical acclaim is not what we are here for today, where our panel will have the final say. So what say you is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, an evergreen cutting of classic sci-horror, or just a withered transplant destined for the green bin?
0: That was brilliant, Dan. You made the film sound exciting. That was incredible. I didn't think it was possible. I was wondering how you were going to do that. I was like, "How's he going to pull off the, the excitement?" Um, but I, I didn't experience that in the whole way through the film. That's amazing. You did really good.
2: Were you good uh, watching the film, or just on your phone the whole time texting us about how bored you were?
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I jumped at that phone. So real maybe quick. we
2: should just immediately rule out Aiden's opinion because he didn't actually watch the film.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I watched it. Uh, I watched it doesn't the whole sound
2: like it.
0: <laughs> in fact, I even noted, where'd the sound go at this point? It just, it's just quiet at some point. It's a it very just, quiet film. It just stops. 1970s sci-fi was generally fairly quiet.
1: I think 1970s films in general are fairly quiet. Yeah. It, it reminded me of, uh, of films of the era, even in different genres, like Dirty Harry mm. and uh, The Conversation yeah. with Gene Hackman and those sorts of films. It was, you know... Yeah. The Shining, I thought it had funny. some uh, reminiscence.
0: Yeah, I, look, I would say The Shining held its excitement and so did Dirty Harry. Um this uh, Well, no. 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 And it's it's sad that look, we we bag Hollywood so much these days. We give it such a hard time for reboots and remakes and not being able to come up with an original idea but it turns out we've been doing reboots for a very long time That's even true even in the 70s we couldn't come up with an original idea and i've seen
2: the 1956 version and i'm not a huge fan like i just don't think it's a great movie
0: okay it's uh,
2: nowhere near as uh gripping and tense as the 78 and this movie has then or like the invasion of the body snatchers movie has been remade I think two other times since 1978, with the body snatchers in, I think, the 90s, and then Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig starred in, uh, I think, 2008, a movie just called The Invasion, which was the same concept. Uh, So it is clearly a movie that uh, people want to keep trying to reboot, but I think it hit its peak in
1: 1978. So it's fair to say that you love it and you hate it.
0: Yeah, so I feel like I don't know that I've hated a film more. on, well, this, now, th- on th- this podcast, this that is where had to watch. this is where
2: I think we need to start like looking at these things in a very kind of like we we need to almost remove the our own emotions. We need to be, become a bit more like pod people <laughs> and critically analyse the film. We can't just be like, oh, I hate it. Because you said you hated this movie. Do you hear yourself when you talk? You said you hated this movie. hear yourself? Minutes into the film, I'm pretty sure. I think that message that you sent us came pretty early in the film. You don't know when I hit play. I feel like you were already (laughs) a few minutes in, and then you were immediately like, I hate this movie. And that, of course, is going to taint anyone's opinion if you you are not in the mood to watch
0: it. Eden, I want to describe my Saturday night to you. Uh, The kids are in bed. And I've sat down on the couch and I've I've treated myself. I've just found a brand new cider uh, that nice. was a apple and plum from the Adelaide Hills. Uh, uh, it was, I hadn't tried it yet. And I was like, mm. I'm excited. Down to two of those. So I was in a jolly mood. Yeah. I sit down to watch the film uh, that I've put aside the time to watch. And I'm like, oh no, I should have had at least five ciders to be able to get through this piece of rubbish. Well, this it- is
2: bad. Why, why was it bad? It was just boring. Okay, all right. Like, no, I think that's a very I... interesting subjective opinion or statement to say. <laughs> Stop cutting me off! Because when you say something's boring, that's very much like a personal thing. Now, of course, I'm not going to shit on that. You are allowed to think that this is... Dan, get off your phone.
1: No. I'm looking at my notes about the movie.
0: <laughs> it managed to have exciting things displayed in the most boring way possible. Example. Like, people were getting taken over by aliens, and it's just like... Really? Stephen Just... King,
2: the oh, wow. master of horror, said that um, the scene where Donald Sutherland hacks one of the like newly formed pod people of himself, his own his pod. own pod person, mm-hmm. uh, when yeah, Donald Sutherland wakes up and he gets like a what is is like a rake kind of.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. like a ga- a hoe. Yeah, I believe it's yeah. called.
2: And he just like gouges his own face. Stephen King has described that as the most horrific thing he's ever seen on screen because of the like excellent sound work. Like, it, it has gives the impression the face that being caved in of like rotten fruit. No, uh, well, I, clearly
0: I, Stephen King has not seen Son of the Mask. The straight to DVD <laughs> uh classic that is Which the, is better
2: than <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
0: No, I'm just meaning that that's Oh, that says scary. a lot about the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> i got to jump in here. I feel like uh, you two have had it out, and I could go, uh, you know, it looks like my vote is uh, the decider mm. on where this might end up. Yeah. Can
2: we guess as to what you think?
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Dan's, I- on- Dan's on board. I think that How he- I on think- board? I think that you're on board. I don't think you're necessarily
0: entirely on board with this film. I'd say... If it's if we're going like a, a, a grading scale yeah. from one to a hundred, hundred being the best, one being I reckon Dan's sitting on about sixty. Okay. He's on board, but not that much. I was gonna say
1: seventy, maybe.
0: Yeah, okay. What do we got, Dan?
1: I am Hainani's baby! Hey! Hey! I love this movie. You're both wrong. I was enthusiastic. I only watched it last night. Yeah. I was enthusiastically recommending it to uh, whoever would listen to me wow. talk about it today. Great. Uh I was I was. I had the complete opposite experience of you, Aiden. Uh, that wow. I, I was, like, I just I, thought, it, what hey, am I missing? Hey, mate, you, you yes, can't sorry. just cut me off just because just no, he cuts you off. I'm just saying, Let me speak.
0: What did I miss? I want to know. I wanted to enjoy it.
1: I honestly, I knew you hated it when I sat down to watch it, which was a sign that perhaps I would enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I. I don't know, I guess, look, I thought, it can't be that good. Like, I don't think you would have hated something that I really, uh, that I would actually really love. Um, So, I was so surprised that you found it dull and boring. I found myself feeling, although there were bits of it that were kind of funny or, you know, whatever, I found the whole movie was beautifully shot and directed it was really disconcerting the whole way through so that even where there wasn't heaps of action that's probably why i compared it to the shining which Mm -hmm. doesn't have too many moments of actual horror but it just manages to jangle your nerves a bit and i found this to be a bit of a nerve jangler yeah to the point where there's a bit where like donald sutherland's gone back into you know the health department and uh What's her name? Elizabeth uh, grabs him on the shoulder and he jumps, and I jumped with him. I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, yeah, like I, I, I was deep in the film. The film uh, had me enraptured. Fantastic. <laughs> cool. Sorry, Aiden. <laughs> it's fine. I don't, I'm feeling some hatred coming across the no, desk. No, it's
0: fine. We're different people. Exactly. We're allowed we're to all, be different. We're people. All allowed to Let's have our go back opinion. to the it start. It would be a boring podcast if we all had the same opinion on everything. Exactly. Exactly. And I provide that entertainment for listeners. If you if you guys want to just provide the the boredom, that's fine. Whatever, it's all good.
1: I want to talk about the uh, what I described in the opening as the uh, cosmic spunk. Yes, interesting start to a movie. Very.
2: Yeah, I I feel like the, the and this is one of the reasons why uh, going back to watch the movie for myself, I was like maybe I've overestimated this movie, like. I, I do remember that there are some wacky moments in there and of course it's 1978 like some of the effects that they utilize yeah. in the movie are a bit a bit cheap um, but yeah that uh, the the
1: the celestial spunk um... so basically what happens is this and it's sort of explained later in the movie that this planet releases this blobby, globby material into space and you sort of see shots of it moving through space and yeah. then it's implied that it comes to Earth and then you sort of zoom in on Earth and it's raining and sort of bits of glob start falling on plants. Yeah. These you sp- get flowers to... start like, Yeah, uh, they're like sprouting. Groats. Yeah. There's like... And then you're immediately basically taken to like a, a teacher and some kids and they're picking the flower <laughs> and my favorite bit of the movie. (laughs) Did you notice isn't the creepy priest on the swing? So, like, the kids are picking the flower and just sort of, just to the right, there's a priest in full black Catholic priest gowns on a child swing, staring at them and just swinging back and forth. No. With, with a child on the adjacent swing, I think, as Who well. Who is kind of prone, like, yeah. kind of lying on it, like they're dead. It was incredible. And I text you about it. I was like, the priest on a swing. And then you were like, it's Robert DeVille. Like, I thought it was Robert DeVille. And I was like, does he come back? And you're like... No. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> that weird. I like weird stuff like that yeah. it's almost that's to me is almost a little bit Monty Python and maybe <laughs> the film's trying to imply that the priest is already a pod person or yeah. something <laughs> but man I just thought it was hilariously weird and uh, but also unnerving definitely. Yeah.
2: And and like it jumps from the that scene, basically to like Donald Sutherland busting up a like Chinese kitchen or like an Italian no, restaurant or like something. A restaurant French restaurant or something. Yeah. yeah. And like basically
1: finding a rat turd and There are weird visual and audio things all the way through. Like when he enters, the Maitre D is looking straight at the camera yeah, as though yeah. you are Donald Sutherland. And you think, well, maybe they'll do more of that sort of thing in the film. No, they just do it once. So there's all these little weird things yeah. just to sort of unsettle you as you view it. And I think that is, you know, obviously a deliberate thing on the behalf of the director, Philip Kaufman. Yeah. I just thought
0: it was terrible filmmaking. <laughs> but apparently that's it, that's a technique. To Did make, you like
1: anything in the film?
0: Uh, I liked how big Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum's um, ears were. They were huge. He has massive ears. He's got big ears. Big ears. Mm. I took note of that. I really um, enjoyed
2: his performance, though. I really like. Was it was that crazy though. But like, he, I feel like young Jeff Goldblum has like a bit more of a, a sharper edge to him. Like in movies nowadays,
0: and I love Jeff Goldblum, but like he's a, he's a punchline these days.
2: Yeah, and he's he's a bit he's a bit too smooth, a bit too like you know huh, it's okay, like and we're all alright.
1: He's lots of little Jeff Goldblum ticks, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, smooth but all very quirky and yeah. very Jeff. He's yeah. jazzy.
0: Like, he's, he's a jazzy. Jazzy guy. Jazzy is he jumps, he's flighty, it. but it's also smooth.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. But, like, 78, Goldblum, I feel, he was, like, when he was getting mad, you were kind of like, yeah, like, you're getting into this. Yeah, this great. Yeah, he
1: was actually just, like, acting, wasn't yeah. he? He wasn't being Jeff. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I liked Donald Sutherland's performance. Um, I preferred him in Dirty Sexy Money, the um, (laughs) shortly-lived Channel 7 TV show uh, about the socialites in New York. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I thought he did all right in this as well. Mm, Hmm. It was good to see him young.
1: I thought he had mad chemistry with the the actress playing Elizabeth.
2: Yeah, uh, Brooke Adams.
1: Yeah, uh, I I recognised her from something. She's not a... Famous actress. No. I thought their scenes together were incredible with this real rich, magnetic mm. connection, especially the one early where she sort of fled her apartment and they're just like eating in yeah. the backyard. And yeah, I was just like, I was like, ooh, I like this, just the strength of their chemistry, and it really propels the film. Yeah. They're sort of the central figure in the bid to both flee and defeat the pod people. Yeah, yeah.
0: Her, her cheating on her husband.
1: Boyfriend, boyfriend, pod boyfriend, pod boyfriend. Pod boyfriend. Mm-hmm. definitely not husband. Okay,
0: and
2: he was a like clearly a bad dude even before he turned into a pod. <laughs> like, clearly, was... like she comes
1: home and he's left trash on the floor. Yeah. He's listening to uh, the TV with yeah, headphones on game or something. He yeah. like pulls her down and kisses her and then breaks it because there's something in the game he uh, wants to see. They right. clearly established him as an unsympathetic figure. Yeah,
0: mm. I feel like that was an afterthought to allow it, her to, to move on quickly.
1: Yeah, I think it helped. I think it helps. (laughs) Eden, you love the film. I do. Tell me something else that you love about it. All
2: right. Uh, Well, there's a lot of nifty, in addition to the Robert Duvall cameo, there's a cameo um, by one of the actors, the main actor from the original 1956 movie in it. So, in that movie, he is, yeah, running through the streets and screaming, like, you know, they're here now, and he's the same guy doing that in the car. So, the idea, the director said, we just wanted that cameo, so that way it sort of shows that this character over the past 20 years since the previous movie came out has just been going around the country trying to, like, save people from the pod people. Is, like it's,
0: it's the same storyline in the original?
2: Essentially, yeah, yeah. but
0: it, uh, it lacks, a,
2: a, the thing that I know- Excitement? Uh I would have to disagree with you on that. Okay, one. what I does it lack that, then? Uh because Tell me. it lacks the amazing sound design of the 1978 version.
0: Where they just put it on mute for a while. Well, was not on mute. Now
2: uh, a person with keen ears <laughs> would uh
0: Sorry, which one of us works in radio? <laughs> yeah,
2: so I'm kind of surprised that you didn't notice actually. Uh <laughs> Um but like the they use like just if there wasn't necessarily music like the soundtrack has like Like, people banging sticks together and, like, these weird sounds, which, again, I think uh, make you as an audience kind of just go, I'm feeling uneasy. And there's lots of,
1: like, ticking. Ticking, yeah. Lots of loud ticking. And even at the scene where she, Elizabeth, first goes to Donald Sutherland's character's apartment to say, hey, there's something weird going on with my boyfriend... He's, like, stir-frying, and the sound of the stir-frying, like, crescendos until you can barely hear their conversation. There's so many weird little bits in it. But,
2: like, yeah, there's more as well, like, just those, uh, like, the sound of a body, the the body coming out of the pod, which has this, like, yeah... (laughs) Yeah, really, like, well, kind of... Those pods
1: look cool. Like, we're talking pre-CGI. This is a physical pod birthing a person. I thought the effects held up pretty well. Like, for the era, (laughs) they would have been mind-blowing.
2: Yeah. Did you like... The um the homeless guy's face on
1: the dog. Oh, my gosh. That is mind-blowing for the era. That was so impressive. So if you haven't seen the film, there's this sort of homeless uh, banjo busker, and he's yeah. got a dog, and you see him at several points throughout the film. And I thought that was just a weird quirk. But, and then when they're trying to be emotionless and just, you know, get through the pod people, uh, this dog comes running out at them and causes uh, Elizabeth to scream because it's it's the spawned dog, but they've sort of (laughs) crossed the spawning and it has the homeless man's face on it. Uh, And
2: the reason that that exists is because I think there was a scene just before, like a few scenes before that, it could be Jeff Goldblum's character. I can't remember. Someone kicks a pod on the side of the road, like, you know, on, in, a, in a hedge. <laughs> so it implies that someone, like, damaged this pod and somehow they merged together. Wow, right. to oh, amazing. Dogman. It was
1: very good special effects for 78. For
2: 78, yeah. I mean, they definitely don't all hold up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were all born in the '80s, yeah. So, when did you actually see it, Eden? I think I saw this movie for the first time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, between early 2000s, between 2000 and 2005. Okay,
0: probably. so sometime in high school. Yeah,
2: I think high school, and I remember going to see the movie because I'd heard about the Body Snatchers, like I'd heard about this movie, uh, just just called the Body Snatchers. Okay, keen on horror, keen on sci-fi at the time. And
0: yeah, just it was I, I don't even think I Did I'd... you need the word at the time? Um, You're still up, yeah, keen yeah, on sci that's, that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good Seems point. Seems like a pretty oh. constant in your life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but like I uh I don't even think I needed friends around to watch this movie. Like oh, I can't
0: imagine any friends would want to see it. Yeah. Uh
2: I did show some friends afterwards and they loved it. <laughs> Just be all, you know, like, we would get together, we would watch horror movies on a you know, Saturday night or something. We'd get together and just watch a shitty horror movie. Um, like this one? No, definitely not
1: like this one. I This one was phenomenal. <laughs>
2: I'm confused.
1: I want to talk about something that's really not important to the film at all, but <laughs> pops up a lot in film and TV of the era and even earlier. There's a scene where... I don't know. I can't even remember the scene, but there's a a man and a wife and something is said and the wife starts crying and the man says uh gets really angry because the wife is now crying. He says, you've upset my wife too. I feel like that is a real thing of like 70s and 60s. Like a husband, the most upset he could ever be is if someone upsets his wife and she's crying on his shoulder.
0: Now you've upset my wife. Now I'm at peak fury. I sat on that moment as well because I was like, I don't know what i'd do like if somebody upset leah would i would i defend her honor her like yeah, I that don't, I, don't I don't know, know. i think i would just more console her like that would probably be my reaction i don't know yeah well it dep- i think it
2: depends on the reason that your wife is upset you know like if yeah it's, if it's yeah, someone who's immediately kind of done something that's the guy's a jerk then yeah i think i would step in
0: but i'm not saying i wouldn't step into the scenario but just that whole like you've upset her and I'm now angry, I'd (laughs) probably more just, like, tell him to get stuffed or whatever, you know? Like, it wouldn't be that reaction, that really formal anger, almost. (laughs)
1: Last thing I want to raise, I'll throw this to you first, Eden. Yeah. What do you think of Dr. Kibner's brown glove hand thing What's it for? Okay. Why is he wearing it? Okay, so... He's... Describe it for the listener.
2: Alright, so uh, Dr. Kibner, played by Leonard Nimoy, um, is a uh, therapist psychologist who's released a book, and they go to him to kind of see what the deal is, this potential mass hallucination, people thinking that people, other people are not who they actually yeah. are. Um, this character wears one brown leather glove, in addition to other clothes, but just... Glove-wise, one glove.
1: Describe the glove, though. It's not a very fulsome glove. It's, uh, it only <laughs> sheaths the back part of his hand. It yeah. appears to loop over the two middle fingers <laughs> and come down the other side. So yeah. it doesn't cover the palm at all. It yeah. doesn't cover the fingers at all.
0: Almost like something that an uh, archer would have yes. around his hand. Yes, I like it.
1: That's a good, good explanation.
2: Point. Well, I heard that Leonard Nimoy... Um, really wanted to get into the character. <laughs> and so, no, I, 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 I can't remember where I saw this. Now, hear me out, guys! <laughs> I can't remember where I saw this. But he wanted to get really into the character, and so he created this, like, backstory for the character, apparently where his hand had been burnt. And so he wears that glove as, like, a sort of pr- protection to the area, but also maybe just to hide the... Scarred area of his hand, <laughs> but none That's of hilarious. that is discussed in the film. None of it is discussed bit. in the film. I don't even know if he discussed it with the director. He was just like, "I want to." I, my, car- my character wears a glove,
1: so he walked out of wardrobe and then just uh, <laughs> <laughs> secretly <laughs> slid out the weird little glove thing and put yeah. it on before filming.
2: <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, no, I don't quite get that myself. But I, I think that the cast are incredible in this movie. Like you were saying about like Donna Sutherland and uh, Brooke. Brooke, uh, what's the name again? Alan. Alan. Um, I thought they were fantastic. I thought that Jeff Goldblum and uh, Veronica Cartwright are great together, like the other sort of couple. Agreed. Nancy's sister. Uh, not Nancy's sister. Oh. Uh, Angela's sister from The Sound of Music. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Veronica Cartwright, of course, was um, Penny in Lost in Space, the original Lost in Space, but is Navigator Lambert in Alien. Wow. Uh, I know. She had two great movies in the 70s there.
0: Slightly typecast.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, Leonard Nimoy on top. I think it's just... Ah, the cast are
1: phenomenal. All right, Aidan, do you want a final word before we uh, move on to the scores? I
0: oh, no, no, know. i got lots of words to come in the scores. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> All right,
1: that. Well, let's, uh, let's leave it there for a, a little moment. We'll return after these messages. Okay, let's leave those invasive plants for a minute and talk about recommendations of the week. Has not been that long since our previous recommendation True, could be testing in the short time that we've had. But how did you go, Aiden? Find anything new and exciting in the interim period between Bad Boys and today?
0: Uh, Well, this is a book that I'm currently reading and because I... I'm not great with um, reading. It takes me a long time to get through a book, so I've been reading it for a while, but it's the uh, Ben Folds autobiography, A Dream About Lightning Bugs. And if you're a fan of Ben Folds, this is a must-read.
1: Is it career-encompassing?
0: It is. Like, it's his it's autobiography, but it, um, it sort of jumps in and out of... Oh, this sounds pretentious, but little lessons along the way as well. Things he's learnt? What's
1: the number one lesson that you've taken away from Ben Folds' lessons?
0: Oh, good question. Um... Um, look, I'll be honest, I'm not that far into it like, I'm still I'm still a childhood sort of era Oh, nice um, It's taken a while to get through it Because I'm just so slow I fall asleep as soon as the book opens
1: If you're a slow reader, do you ever audio book? Yeah,
0: and that does work well for me Because I can do it while I drive yeah. Or do the dishes or go to the gym or something like that Whereas you can't hold a book in front of you yeah. Very often when doing the dishes <laughs> or whatever Or
1: driving, um, frowned upon Yes.
0: Yeah, no, I feel like I get away with that more But frowned upon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you like Ben Folds, check out the book because it's written very similar to the way he writes songs. You can really hear his voice in it. It doesn't sound like a ghostwriter in any way whatsoever. It's clearly him, which is, I think that's what you want when you want a biography. You want it to sound like them.
1: I agree. Eden, what are you
2: recommending? I'm recommending... Well, it was recommended to me by some mutual friends of ours, Dan. Um, the movie Parasite. Uh, came out last year. It's a Korean movie uh, by director Bong Joon-ho. And it is...
1: Did you listen to someone say that online? I on didn't, and I'm,
2: that's why I kind of... Moved over it pretty quickly because yeah, I was what, a bit really nervous. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's what I was laughing at, wondering whether that was legit or that's the
2: legit. And like, uh, the director has done a few other movies. Like, see, he's the writer and I think director of Snowpiercer, the sci fi movie set on the train, which generally I don't know, I think got pretty mixed reviews. Isn't
0: that Girl on a Train? Or <laughs> there
2: is a girl in the film on the train. There are
1: multiple films with trains in them, hey, and, girls. Okay. <laughs> and girls, okay. <laughs>
2: Um, but yeah, so it's, it's essentially, I don't want to give too much away because I feel like the best way to approach this movie, Parasite, uh, is to go in with very little, like don't Google it, just go in without even knowing necessarily the genre of film. Um, I will say that it's essentially, um, a movie about class struggle. (laughs)
0: Okay. Where do I watch it with my eyeballs?
2: Uh, I saw it at the cinema. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm thinking, see it somewhere. That at the moment,
1: <laughs> it's up for some uh, Oscars and things. Isn't yes, I think it it? maybe won... best director.
2: I think it's going up for best picture, potentially. Good at luck. the Academy Award.
1: I've been reading lots of criticism, really, at the moment, not of Parasite, which uh, only seems to be getting praise. Yeah. In fact, my brother-in-law, shout out Duncan, uh, has been at me to watch it. Yeah. Uh, no, a lot of criticism towards the Academy for basically never. Ever including any of the sort of foreign or Asian, particularly actors, in its best actor nominations?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of
1: people are saying the actors in this film deserved a nomination.
2: Phenomenal, yeah. They are absolutely, they definitely deserve a nomination. And it's, yeah, sad that they won't get it.
1: Not this century. No. (laughs) I want to say before I give my recommendation of the week that I was challenged by your challenge of do we listen to each other's recommendations. And yeah. I took up a recommendation uh, from each of you. Uh, your most recent one, Eden, I watched The Witcher in the past yeah. week or two. Loved it. I've finished it. It is only eight episodes, but they are a solid 60 minutes. So. I was
0: listening to a review of The Witcher this morning that was talking about the uh, peen to boob ratio. <laughs> Uh, it was on Triple J, no surprise there. Uh, whether it was um, an even um, spread between the two, are they? Yeah. Uh, are, is The Witcher representing equality when it comes to nudity? The is there any pain?
2: <laughs> I can't remember any peen.
0: Apparently it comes later in the series, but anyway. I
2: don't
1: remember <laughs> it. I don't remember it. But that was excellent, and yeah. I decided to listen to uh, Slutface uh, in the past uh, week. Funny you bring that up. They're bringing out a
0: new album in well, a, a couple ah. of weeks.
1: I would just say that I really liked the single New Year, New Me, okay. which was very different to the rest of their stuff, which I didn't like so much. Okay, A little bit too sheeny poppy for me. Okay, fair enough. But uh, I could see the appeal. But now it's my recommendation. I would like to recommend uh, to you the podcast She Done It. It's uh, a podcast that explores the golden age of detective fiction. Uh, so you have to be a bit of a sort of Agatha Christie, Dorothy L. Sayers fan, perhaps. She wrote. Um, <laughs> I think that, that's the second golden age. <laughs> oh,
2: it's pretty golden.
1: <laughs> uh, and it's just actually really interesting. It explores famous cases that inspired books. It explores how social issues like society's... A negative view of spinsters is explored, and sexuality, and lots of lots of different aspects. There are a huge number of episodes that I'm slowly working my way through. So, if you like me, are a bit of a Agatha Christie uh, murder mystery buff, uh, get into it. Can I
0: throw it out there that nope, you know? Okay, <laughs> moving on. You know, when a new TV show launches, and as a viewer, you're not quite sure of the characters yet, and so they really. Uh, throw out cliches for those characters And then over time the show sort of works out How to write each character well And it becomes a rounded, formed character yeah. uh, I feel like in our reboot of our podcast That's kind of what's going on at the moment <laughs> We each are recommending really like That's who we are as a person thing So I, I've recommended a book and a podcast But both about music I was going to say, yeah. books
1: aren't you? No, but, but, they're, but they're both music Yeah
0: Eden, again, both yeah. sci-fi related things, or fanciful, let's go more with yeah, that then. Fanciful. And, and for you, Dan, apparently you're a serial killer. So yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's...
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... and I know who's next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair to say this is a polarising one today, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Aiden, as we always do, we'll start with you. iPhone test. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'd
0: be lying if it was more than 0. And you both already know that because I was texting you during the exactly. film. Exactly. Exactly.
1: That was a tense text exchange. As much as you could read somebody's fury, <laughs> I was really reading both of your fury. Your fury Aiden at having your night waste and an Aiden your fury that oh, Aiden would not be Enjoying it, but also yeah. be texting during yeah. it. Would not be giving it a chance. That's all I ask.
0: I did give it a chance. <laughs> I watched it. What at what point
2: in the movie did you send that first text? Uh, was it during Space Spunk? <laughs> if it was during Space Spunk, or you know, Creepy Priest,
0: <laughs> it wasn't that. I think it was later than you think. Okay. I'll be honest. I reckon it was at least sort of half an hour in. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll. I
1: rest. <laughs> An iPhone. Test. I don't. I don't have. I don't
0: have any proof of that, but I, I'm just. I'm just thinking back in my mind. I reckon it was at least half an hour. All right. All right. Um, iPhone test for me.
2: I admit, 70s movies. They are slow. They are quiet. Um, I. I. I enjoy that, and you know, you don't have to. Um, and watching it this time round, having seen it a few times, I was on my phone a bit, but I'm still gonna give it a four. Like I think that if you haven't seen this movie and you're like, you know. Gonna really give it a go. Um, the 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 tension will keep you on it. In fact, actually, this time round, where I was on my phone, I was on my phone a little bit, and then I realized at one point that I just put it down and was just glued to the screen. I was pretty pretty hooked, especially when the bagpipes chime in and the like. Oh yeah, the the, uh, the, the
1: Amazing Grace. Oh, you'll never hear that song the same. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I. I was legitimately glued. Like, I was really taken... I, I like a 70s slow a pace, but I, I can actually say there were only two times where I felt a little lag and grabbed my phone, and I wouldn't normally remember how many times that happens in a film. So, I think for it only to be two times, and then very quickly for me to be like, oh, no, 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 what's happening? I've got, I've got, to, I've got to stay uh, stay attentive. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Ooh. First time for me, and I was glued. Uh, yeah, really, really invested. Uh, cultural significance, Aiden. Again, zero.
0: <laughs> and hear me out. I'd never heard of this. Yeah, film. That, that actually does fascinate me because I feel
2: like I've I heard about it. I I did. I didn't have like internet stuff sort of telling me to go see. it. I didn't sort of look at a list or anything like that. I heard about it from a variety of places. Um, and you've never heard about it?
0: Never heard about it. The body
2: snatchers? no.
0: Never heard of it. Um, and had, had did not recognize a single reference within the film as wow. far as like, I'd never seen it on The Simpsons or Seinfeld or any of those sort of things.
1: Ooh,
2: okay. um,
0: so got some things
2: to chime in about there.
0: <laughs> and I'll bring up this point. Because I've got a few friends that listen to the podcast, and I brought it up. They asked me, like, "What are you what, what are you watching next? What are you doing next?" And every single one of them that I brought it up with, which is three people, they've all gone, "Oh, I don't know it." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the next one. And I'm like, "Okay, well, well, that's sorry, but that's that's what was chosen." So yeah, I can't give it more than zero. I, well, it, it's I got don't... a zero base for me as far as. Reference.
2: Yeah, I do find that fascinating because I do know that, yeah, like, I've mentioned it to people and they also, yeah, haven't heard about it. Like, I think it has certainly dropped out of sort of knowledge a little bit there. But they have made multiple references to it in The Simpsons and Futurama and Seinfeld.
1: Give me um, one of the Simpsons yeah. references if you can.
2: Uh, I was looking for it for a long time. Um, I, I can't... I, I, I wasn't able to find it. I was looking up Invasion of the Body Snatchers references, but I do remember, uh, like, a, a pod person reference, and the, I think it was a Treehouse of Horror, like, a birthing oh, from a pod. Yeah. I just couldn't find it. Mm. Um, Seinfeld reference, though, like, Jerry calls Kramer a pod person and goes through this huge speech about how he is a pod person. Okay. And then Kramer is like, because I'm a pod person. Like... That that's a huge thing there. Futurama, they like go to a planet populated by robots, and they actually use the sounds of the pod people from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, but, for the robots, like the yeah, thing. but you
0: wouldn't even if you didn't know that you wouldn't know that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's
2: true, but like I feel like that does that that's, doesn't within matter. any reference.
0: Yeah. I get that, but still, like I wouldn't know that I was missing that reference. True, true. No, no, do you know what I mean? Funny. Like, if, if you're yelling "Stella" or "Get to the chopper" or whatever it is, you go, "Oh, that's weird. Why are they saying that? Oh, they must be quoting something." But if yeah. somebody's just screeching, it, I don't go, "Oh, I'm oh. missing what that reference is."
2: I would say that though, like, it is—it's still a reference. It's like another medium, sure. like, referencing this film and specifically this film, like not the remake. Uh, sorry, not the 1956 one. Um, they always do the 1978 one. Well, Um, I
1: I just Googled The Simpsons' Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and it's referenced in two different uh, Treehouse of Horror episodes. Nice. Uh, There's one here that describes the episode as Homer wins an oyster eating contest against the mythical Cthulhu, and Springfield is overrun by plant body snatchers. And one of the Treehouse of Horror stories is actually entitled The Immigration of the Body Snatchers. So it does exist.
2: Yeah, so I think that there is pop culture significance there. Like I said, I think it has dropped off. But uh, my score for pop culture significance
0: is going to be a four. I think Simpsons and... You honestly think that you're you're rating it a four over, say, Gladiator.
2: Yeah, definitely. Because even though people don't necessarily all know about it, there are like so many essays that talk about the like themes of the film. There are so many...
1: I'll th- come in here and say that I think that Gladiator is a lifetime in our lifetime film, in our sort of teenage years film. All right. I reckon if you were to age Gladiator as old as Planet of Invasion of the Body Snatchers is today, that I reckon people in the future will have as little awareness of it as a lot of the people we know have of this Okay, film.
0: fine. Rocky Horror Picture Show or Dirty Harry are the two other films of that era that we've done on this podcast, or The Shining. Mm. I would say all of those, every single one of our listeners will go, oh, I know those, but I don't know that. You throw it out on Instagram this week, Dan. Put up a poll. Pick any of those three.
1: I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I had the same experience of you guys. Like, how, as did you know People it? saying, what are you doing next? And me saying this, and then being like, oh, what's that? Um, but... I've got to say the category is cultural significance, not pop cultural significance. So it's not whether people today in our world know it; it is its impact on and I, I believe, things as well. Yeah, and I believe so. I think there's some oh four maybe in, a touch higher. In, uh, <laughs> in
2: nineteen, in the nineteen nineties, it was added to like the Library of Congress as a significant film. Um, The fact that it's been remade two times since the remake in 1978. So all up, the story has been done. Have you watched the
1: Nicole Kidman one? Is it terrible? It's terrible. Oh man!
2: That none of them. Could ever live up to no, that? Dustin, to uh, me, the
1: story isn't incredible. Yeah, but I, I love the I love the filmmaking of this film yes. and and the performances. So yeah. Anyway, my cultural significance. Look, I'm gonna go a four. Literally, no one today seems to have heard of it, but <laughs> the nerdiest uh, amongst us. Uh, that's I you, don't Dan. know. <laughs> that's
0: you, Eden. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I yeah, recognized
1: the screech when he turned around and did that. I was like, oh, that's this. Okay, I shouldn't like predicted that coming up. Uh, but look, it it is a very good film. It has been remade a few times. I'm gonna give it a one and a half. Oh. Returnability, Aiden. Uh, should I just uh, put your zero down and move <laughs> along? I think that's a safe <laughs> bet. Yeah. All right, let's let's punch through then, Aiden. It's gotta be a five. <laughs> this is a tough one for me. You look like an oracle. <laughs> I'm channeling. Be honest, you're, <laughs> you're not gonna. Holding your
2: hat no, I, with I two hands. No, I will definitely
1: re watch this. I'm gonna give it a four for Returnability. I don't see myself perhaps watching it five times, but I loved it. Mm. And in return, if Returnability means me telling people to watch this film as yeah, well, I'm like, yeah. yeah, gonna be up there. I think this should be almost as in the pop culture as The Shining. I mm. liked it that much. Uh, Partner friendliness. Aiden. this is right up a wife's alley, this film.
0: This is the first thing that we've ever done on the podcast where my wife flat out refused. Didn't look at any of it. They like, didn't sit down for a moment. Oh no, I, I showed her, might have been the poster or oh, yeah. like what popped up on iTunes when I had to pay my hard-earned money to watch this rubbish I, and well, she was I... like... No. Why would I watch? I've never heard of that. I thought this was a pop culture podcast that you do. <laughs> she didn't use those words, but that's pretty much what she said. There was a few more angry words in there. Um, <laughs> no, zero. Mm. I'm going to go three.
2: I don't think it's necessarily a uh, a movie that everyone could, would sit down on a date night and watch with a partner. Um, but I know that Kirsty has seen it. I, I said, yeah, sit down, we'll watch this. I, I love this movie. And she loved it. And uh, and occasionally as I was watching it this most recent time would come in and stop, watch it a little bit. It's like, yeah, yeah, cool. It's a good movie.
1: Oh, this to me is a bit like even Romper Stomper. <laughs> this just totally depends on who your partner is, yeah. what their interest in yeah. cinema is, uh the genre. Look, in my household, it's pretty much zero. Uh, but I can see that well, I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine what percentage. I'm I'm gonna give it a I'm going to give it a one and a half again. I Don't think it's going to hit too many date nights. But for some people, you know, if you're both sort of cinephiles, you both love sci-fi, it it would be up there. I think maybe in the, like...
2: 70s, early 80s, when this movie would have been at drive-ins, it probably would have been in that same vein as like The Blob and those kinds of. Oh, this is a good one for drive-ins.
1: Horror, if you're taking yeah. the the woman and you exactly. wanted to sort of snuggle into you,
0: can I throw it out there? Have either of you been to the drive-in? I have. I have. Okay, so the. Oh, I just realized who listens to this podcast. Ah, too late. <laughs> I've committed to the story. Um, so one time when I went to the drive-in and I was really excited to watch the film, it was the Batman Begins or the Dark Knight. I can't remember which one, but it was one of the, the Batman franchise. And I was really excited, the Christopher Nolan series. And I went with a girl I was seeing at the time and I got angry at her for um, trying to um, uh progress the evening, let's say that. And I was like, no, I want to watch Batman. Like, what are you... (laughs) No, just
1: keep it... Just sit over that side of the car. Do you think you actually uttered the phrase, no, I want to watch Batman? Because <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Probably, yeah. If I was some sort of screenwriter, I'd write that down in my little pocketbook of ideas. Yeah. No, I want to watch Batman. True story. <laughs> yeah. And you think you're the cool one on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, a, uh, a polarising a round of scoring as mm. predicted. Let's uh tally up those scores. Uh, and uh, while we do that, uh, a little word from our sponsor this week. Oh. Tony. Eh? One, three double one double,
2: one three double one double
0: six, one three double
1: one double six, one three double one double, double six, pizza Hut delivery. One three double one double six, one three double one, one double six, three one three double one double six, pizza Hut delivery. Pizza Hut now delivers the nineteen
2: ninety Pairs deal. That's any two large pizzas you like for just nineteen dollars ninety. So call Pizza Hut now on
1: 1-3-1-0-6! nine six. All right, just remember to enter MFT Pod at checkout if you're ordering your uh, Pez and pizza, <laughs> Aiden. Uh, all right, the scores are in. The twenty seventh entry into our leaderboard Uh respectable. Okay, twenty seven point five. Putting Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 19th place, so it's sort of in the bottom third, but around it, uh, it's one point below Romper Stomper. Okay. A couple of points below Jaws and Rambo, and a couple of points above Blade Runner, four and a half points above Bad Boys.
2: Mm. Mm. Alright, you know what? I'm not happy about it. (laughs) But I can live with that.
0: You sound like a parent chatting uh, to their child. I'm not happy about this, but, well, I guess that's what it is. All right, I'm holding it a lot of
1: anger right now. <laughs> a more cynical person might suggest you did slightly inflate a couple of your scores to yeah, get it on the board. No, no I did not. No,
0: you definitely did, mate. I'm not saying no, that, no. but a more a mo- cynical, a more cynical person, person like
1: Aiden might think that. Yeah, it was not the case. I played case.
0: impartial for Bad Boys. I admitted that there were bad parts of it. You can't even admit that there were bad parts of it. I this can film. admit that there are some bad parts. I... Well, it didn't reflect in your scores. Well,
2: I, I feel like it did. Like a few a few
0: hitches yeah, but here and there. Fours instead of fives. That's right. There were I don't actually think parts. this
1: film has that many bad parts. I Love this film. It is now an absolute loved film for me. But this film, I don't think, marries very well to our point scoring system. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a little surprised uh, it got as high as it did. But there we are, 27 and a half. Speaking of bad boys, what would you make of the third bad boys the other day, Aiden? Yeah, I liked
0: it. If I had to rank them, it would go number two number one, number three. Like it was probably oh. it was probably the the least of the th- oh no nah, actually no maybe, maybe number two, number three, number one. Um it was really exciting. There's great one liners. Um they do really crowbar in a next generation team of bad boys. Oh no. That, no. no. Yeah. yeah exactly.
1: The worst, the worst trope with yeah. old film uh, franchises. Yeah. Bring are they the sons? One is oh,
0: Well they well, they allude to that There's a whole team that they're like the new Whatever they call themselves team yeah. And then without giving too much away One of their sons is in the film
1: It's not Will Smith's actual son is it?
0: Nah, no, no, no Trey or uh, Jaden does not get a run in this film
1: oh, yuck Wow Anyway, it's good. Okay. It's a good film,
0: but yeah. it is what it is. You know, you know. It's yeah. an action buddy comedy film.
1: All right. Well, let's put a pin in this. Uh, coming up next week, we have uh, the one that I brought uh, to the table. We are watching BMX Bandits, the 1980s Australian kids classic. The uh, the Nicole Kidman career launcher. Yeah.
0: Can I clarify? Because I haven't seen this film, <laughs> and I'm actually really looking forward to watching it. Is it a kid's film or there's kids in it?
1: Oh, no. I think it, it's definitely a kid's film. Okay. Like, definitely made for a young market. I think that'll yeah. be very obvious okay. uh, as you watch the film. Okay. Right. Hmm.
2: I saw it on Blu-ray at JB Hi-Fi the other day.
1: Oh, you should buy that, sir. Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I'm, I'm going guarantee... to go buy that for you, and that will be what I give you instead of Firefly. It'll uh, st- yeah,
0: <laughs> it'll still be there. Uh. It's still sitting in the bargain bin.
1: No way, I'm going to I'm gonna pick them all up. <laughs> all right, and then uh, after we do BMX Bandits... The Godfather with my lovely wife, Kirsty. Yes. Um... You know, how, does,
0: how does she do a partner rating? We're going to have to come up with something different there, because, yeah, good Because the two of you are going to be rating it, it doesn't quite work. But I guess or we'd, we'd have
1: to revisit. We've had my wife in yeah. for our, our Jingle All the Way episode. Uh, check that out in the archives. Uh,
2: I, we, I, how did we do that?
1: I think that the partner rating is if you would potentially show it on a date or a date night. Like,
2: what what is your rank of it there All for right.
1: the sort of. Combo partner, combining people into yeah. a big generic part. Can I
0: throw it out? There's anyone still listening? <laughs> <laughs> nah. we, should, we should wrap this up. Come the on, the scores
1: <laughs> got given and people tuned out.
0: <laughs> Good night.